This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to TheWellnessSummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Damian Kristoff. I'm Lawrence Tam. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. And obviously, the order was around a little bit different at that time because we've got LT on the run. Like We've sent the police out, the fire brigade, the National Guard. We've had to track down Lawrence. He's somewhere in Perth, undisclosed uh, location, but we got him. But Probably somewhere between Perth and Bali, Damo. <laughs> We've got him mid-air. We've got him mid-air. And, uh, and so I get the opportunity, the pleasure of introducing a very special guest today, someone who is known worldwide as, uh, as a healthy food dude. And he's an he's a incredibly um, good-looking fella. He's ripped. He obviously walks his talk. He eats the right food. He exercises. He's the ambassador for Thrive. Uh, which is a, an amazing food house uh, that's, that's in Sydney and in the ACT and in Melbourne now, and probably going global as well because it's a, an amazing space. Um, he was on MasterChef uh, a couple of years ago, and all the girls love him. All the girls love him. Um, he's known as the, the, uh, the, the um, healthy cook, and his name is Dan Churchill. Welcome to our show, Dan. <laughs> Wow, thank you for that introduction, my friend. That is <laughs> that is awesome. It's a pleasure being you guys. Thanks for having me. That was that was potentially the longest introduction I think's ever been done. I'm not, yeah, I don't know if that's because you want to extend my CV or just um, you're storing on questions. There's so many. I've got I've got like 20 websites open for you because there's so much to do. There's so much to say. <laughs> no, Dan, 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 he's just trying to take over my job. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dan, um, congratulations on all your success and uh, I think one of the greatest things about your success is that yes, you're, um, you've been on television, yes, you've got a recipe book um, but what is also pivotal to your success is that not only do you preach a message and speak about it and you're on the speaking circuit doing speaking gigs and events and all that sort of stuff but you, you talk about it but you actually live it and you can actually see it so how long have you been living healthy for and what inspired you to get into doing what you're doing now? Yeah, it's, um, I guess living near the beach for me has always been an aid in that. Like I've, I've always been active. I've grown up with being the middle of three boys in a family of four with dad as well. So mum's always had a handful. Um, you know, from a young age, we were always heavily involved in sports. And then, you know, living near the beach, we surfed. And then growing up, I guess, into my teens, I started to develop this, this pure passion for health and well-being. And um, after I finished... I guess after I finished high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, didn't know who I wanted to be, yeah. but I, one of my rules or one of the things I follow is do what you enjoy. And so I went and did a university degree in sport and exercise management. And as I was performing that, I started up my own PT business and um, yeah, obviously wanted to continue to update my education. And so I continued to uh, do other further studies um, and then when I did my master's because I, I finished my undergraduate degree and I was like, well, I want to know more. So then I went and did my strength and conditioning master's in exercise science. And from there, I was just like, I, I, you know, between the ages of 16 to 20, 21, I was just purely in this, this change of five years of health. I loved it. I loved being outside. I loved being active. But I loved talking about it. I loved educating someone and 
telling them what, what they should be doing best for them. And to be honest, just growing up with my family and then my mates close to the beach and just loving sport, like it's, it's kind of a given, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> great, eh? So, Dan, you obviously started out in the exercise space and then I guess moved in more into the food and the, and the health and the cooking stuff. So let's start with the, the fitness stuff. You know, what's your sort of general philosophy around fitness and exercise? What, what sort of approach do you like to take with, with your clients and I guess now all of your followers as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been fortunate to deal with a range of clients. Obviously, from the from the you know, the dominant uh, weight loss category to uh, rehabilitation to sports specific rehabilitation to strength and conditioning with professional athletes and even individual uh, so, yeah professional athletes and professional teams. So I mean, I've I've been fortunate to really experience all that. And so the approach I always take is that. Um, Whenever you deal with someone, you've got to deal with them individually, regardless if they're in a, a training a group um, or speaking to a range of people on, on um, you know, their movement patterns. Every person is built differently, uh, and, and their internal state reflects their external state. So uh, whether, whether, you know, it, it's so important that people don't take on something just because someone else is doing it. They have to really know how, look and feel how their body moves. So, for example, if I had a weight loss client um, and they wanted to work uh, to lose a certain amount of weight just because they want to lose the same amount of weight as the person next to them, doesn't, I, I, had to, I had to mold their exercise regime into something that was first achievable for them, but also they, they may more efficiently work um, because I do something you know, completely individual for them compared to making a generic program. Does that make sense? Does that, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, it's great. It's That's what should yeah. happen. You know, Dan, um, it's, it's, it was great to hear you on the on the call, and uh, you were a personal trainer for one of my best mates, Taki Moore, uh, before you became famous. <laughs> and uh, Taki's really jealous because uh, he said, like, I lost my personal trainer to like Master Chef, and he's gone, you know, not coming back. So, but obviously, going back to personal training, you know, how important is it for them to just, you know, focus on the food aspect as well as their training, like in terms of you know exercising and, and really getting fit. Well, first off, I'd just like to quickly comment and say, Taki Moore, you are an amazing man. I know he's going to listen to this, and he, he's done some great things. But um, when it comes to food, there's no doubt the, the research and the papers that are out there talk about the predominant uh, effect it has compared to exercise. You know, I, I, I do truly believe that it's 75% uh, realistically what your, what your intake is, uh, what your fueling system like. So, I mean, you can be, you can be doing as much you know, high intensity work, uh, you know, long distance running, whatever it is that you want to be doing. Um, but you're more likely to see results being sedentary and, uh, you know, eating clean than you are if you're, you know, somewhat eating um, relatively poor, uh, but still exercising uh, quite efficiently, in my, in my opinion. Uh, just because you, you, what you put into your system is just affecting so much more of the internal state. Um, and how your internal state runs is so... Uh, such a, such a showcase of how your external state um, is reflected. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that all makes absolute sense, and that's very congruent with the messages that we speak about. So it's really nice to know, you know, that people in the media, world famous media, are actually speaking the same language. So it's great, Dan. Thanks for <laughs> doing it, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, mate. It seems that um, whilst you, you know, on the show. Master Chef, you did a great job, and you did really, really well. And you know, congratulations for that. Your, your recipe book, um, Dude Food, um, is such a great concept, and that seems to be marketed at guys. 
Do you reckon girls love it as much as what the guys love it, or do you, do you, is that a reason? Is there a reason why you went down the, the the blokes range and decided to try and help them out? Well, to be honest, I'll tell you how it all started. I was cooking since I was twelve, so my family and I used to sit around watching Jamie Oliver do his thing, uh, and then all of a sudden, Dad set out this roster scheme. So we started, you know, as a family, we'd have a night of the night. You know, I would each take turns in shotgunning a night of the week to cook, and so from then on, like I started out probably cooking some dishes at my pants for a chucked underneath the table, but, um, you know, I got, got pretty good at it, so really knowing how to look after myself and knewing what was, knowing what was going into my food. Yeah. Um, I hit about 17, 18, and uh, my mates realized their girlfriends, their mums love knowing that I can cook, and we're somewhat getting impressed by it, and they're like, hang on, this guy's, this guy's got something, he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got something going on. So um, they started asking me, first off, how to set out, you know, a meals and, and what, just to impress their girls on a particular night, so I created recipes. Um, after a while, I was realizing I was, I was creating these recipes and giving to my mates, and I was essentially creating a book. So that's how Do Food came about. I, I actually created Do Food on the foundation of creating a book for a guy to impress a girl, uh, and then just kind of uh, brought in things like, uh, you know, sandwiching the gym, um, healthy snacks, all these kind of things, just to make it a bit more uh, broad for them. But at the same time, although it's called Do Food, I've had that much interest from girls. Um, even to the point where I've got to work out, do I do, I do a chick food? And, and, and to be honest, <laughs> it's definitely in the cards. But yeah, um, yeah like it's, it's, it's I think more or less, you're going to find more girls actually purchasing it and then them giving to their husbands <laughs> or their boyfriends or their brothers or, you know, you know what I mean? So, I love it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> hey, so, so Dan, I reckon we've probably got plenty of single guys and probably plenty of single girls listening to this podcast as well. So, let's let's, uh, let's give them some tips, mate. Like, what's what's a one really simple go to recipe that people could use? Um, you know, if they're going to invite a, a girl or a guy around to their house and they want to just impress them, have you got a good recipe for us that we can give to our listeners that they can use? You know what? Like, yeah, I think that's. I think keeping it simple and to be honest, in the first place. It's how you do it. Now, I mean, to me, I think the best way to do it is just to nail a steak with, um, you know, a, a, a really simple sauce like a salsa verde and some um, and some roasted vegetables. And the way you present it is how it's going to really shine. So with the with the steak, you just turn it every fifteen seconds, and depending on the width of it, um, will determine how medium rare it is. And you Man. judge that by it's really simple. Let's say you have got an isolate steak. You turn it every 15 seconds, you add a bit of salt, a bit of pepper, uh, and you turn it until it feels as if you've touched your thumb with your index finger and the, the point where, you're, where you touch uh, just underneath your thumb, that tenderness. So when it hits that, that's when you know you've, you, you've done a good job. And that takes about five minutes, no more. And all right. then all you do is chuck a few gr- uh, greens and some herbs in, a, in a, a blender or you just chop them up finely. And it, there's your little sauce with a bit of olive oil and lemon juice. And then some roasted vegetables, so some sweet potato, some um, some carrots and beetroot. Just salt them, put them uh, olive oil in an oven for about 200 degrees for 35 minutes. So really, really simple to do. Uh, a clean, awesome taste, great, so much colour, and you're definitely going to be um, definitely not necessarily going to. I can't guarantee action in any regard, <laughs> but you're definitely oh. going to be getting smiles. You know, you had, I mean? you had that, that, that's action for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, that's. There's so many things you can do, really fish, um, you know, a, a beautiful chicken penne, um, which is made out of sweet potato. Uh, you know, it, it's, there's so many variations, but I think just nail the steak, nail the roast veggies with the salsa verde, and you cannot go wrong. 
That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, that, oh, it got me hungry, man. It got me hungry. Um, Dan, <laughs> I'd just love to know, um, obviously one of the big things is that you started really young cooking. And, um, and you know, you're still really young now. And one of the problems that we have in society at the moment is our kids. And our kids are growing up in a society where, you know, food is fast food. They're not really caring about the details of or how nutritious, you know, their meals are going to be. What do you say to that? What do you think one of, some, one of the best solutions are um, moving forward on teaching kids how to cook? You know, when should we do it and how should we do it? Yeah, that's a really good point. That's one of the biggest things I, I really can't be more of an advocate for. Like when I'm doing my keynote speaking, I, I talk so much about bringing that experience um, as a, a motivation to parents. I was fortunate by my parents to be introduced to cooking at a young age. And not only did I learn a basic skill that I have to carry out through life, that when I moved out, I wasn't relying on fast food chains to get me by. I actually knew what was going into my food. So I picked up, say, a broccoli. Um, I knew what a broccoli looked like, and I know that may sound stupid, but believe it or not, a lot of kids don't. Uh, same with, you know, capsicum or peppers in the States and even fresh herbs and things like that. I knew because I had handled it before. So I'm a massive advocate for getting getting parents in some way um, putting up with the pain of their kids, putting, cooking them dinner early, um, and then realizing the, the benefit. They're not only going to get maybe a year's time when they don't have to do the dinner that they having to come home and then have dinner prepared for the kids, they're doing it for them. But also knowing that long-term, their kids are going to really, you know, uh, blossom from the idea of knowing what what goes into their food and and being able to handle, um, you know, the expectations of cooking when they're older. It's such a key thing. People forget it's actually a a basic skill. It's it's like learning to write, but we're we're having so many, you know, fast food chains, fast food outlets that... First off, it's so accessible, um, and unfortunately, the people are turning to that as what they call easier options, and they just don't know what they're eating and how bad it is for them. Some of the stuff. So, get your kids, you know, into the kitchen at an early age, or at least getting them uh, understanding what they're eating. You know, when you go out to dinner or when you sit down to have dinner, um, see if they know what they're eating, because at the end of the day, it's so important. Mm. Mm, great point. When you go out and you do all your lectures and all your, your speaking seminars and all those sorts of things, Dan, what do you what do you find people asking questions about the most? Are, are, do you think people are still confused, or they're just looking for a bit of refinement? Are, are people a long way off these days? What are you feeling? Yeah, no, I, I it, it does depend on the on the group. Um, you know, for example, last week I had a I, I had a I was at a personal training studio. They, and, should, they um, should be pretty good then, surely. Yeah, look, to be honest, they were, and they, they had a little bit of a foundation. Um, it was funny, the, the thing that they questioned on was what was, what, was in, what was in their food in terms of sugar. So they had an understanding of what to eat, but then when I got out, I, I, you know, I took a member out of the crowd and I get, ended up giving him a free book because I felt sorry for him. But <laughs> how it worked was um, I asked him to give us a take of his food, his food book, and he did. And after... Me reporting back how much sugar he was having, he, just, he was absolutely flabbergasted by the amount he was having. He, he, just didn't know, he thought he was eating quite healthy. Yeah. And so it's not that I find that at these places, the, the, the biggest question, obviously it does depend on the demographic, but say for this one, they, they have a pretty good understanding of the, the basic foundation, but then when it comes to that, they are still, still not sure how much sugar is in our diet. So, I mean, education from a young, we're still using a food pyramid from the 1950s. 
that uh, that Time magazine, that Time magazine cover talked about fat in, in 1950s has absolutely killed us. And so, you know, if they're going up with the food pyramid, um, I went to a school the other day. I'm not going to get a bit off topic, but I went to a school the other day, and it still had the food pyramid they had from 60 years ago. And yeah. so, they, as much as they're learning, uh, they still don't grasp the concept of all these, um, you know, single strand sugars that we're putting into our body, causing so much of diabetic uh, epidemic itself. Mm. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Hey, Dan, I'd love to talk a little bit about your MasterChef experience because, you know, we just did an interview on uh, on that paleo show, one of our other podcasts with Pete Evans, obviously from My Kitchen Rules. I know different network, different show, you know, but that's okay. Um, but, uh, but, you know, he's obviously had some interesting experiences as he's sort of developed his own, you know, opinions about health and food and that sort of stuff. And sometimes that's sort of conflicted with what he's cooking on the show. And, you know, there's been a bit of an interesting sort of interaction there. I was just wondering how you found it being on a show like MasterChef, you know, the sort of foods you were cooking, did you get much say in it and did you find there was some sort of conflict there between what you were being asked to cook and what you really wanted to present, you know, as healthy options? Yeah, no, I, I, I always try to put me on a plate. That was, at the end of the day, that was, that was the thing and it was funny because I, I popped a lot of sticks from it from the judges and even my fellow contestants, um, you know, typical banter and I'm, I'm a rugby sporty background kind of guy so I'm up, I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I was always in that realm of healthier food and I, they, if I added, say, um, you know, canola oil, uh, if they, they tried to get me to add canola oil, I wouldn't add it. You know, I stuck by my values and, well um, as, as much as I, I still tasted certain things to get, not because I was interested in them. It was more the fact that I wanted to get inspiration on certain foods as to how I can twist them to make them more paleo, make them healthier, make them more colorful, you know, make them so they had more nutrient value in them and still be that same, you know, classic dish. Um, but, you know, like I always, if, if they told me to do, to be honest, in, on MasterChef, we, we got to cook what we wanted to cook. There was no, we, well, whatever we wanted to do, we got to do it. We just had to do it well, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so I stuck by my values and if they tried to push me out of that way, I, I stuck to it because, that's who I am, and I'm not going to change who I am just to make them feel as if they, you know, wanted more of an audience appeal. Nice way. Oh, that's awesome. Good. Hey, uh, Dan, you know, a lot of people obviously go out nowadays to go out and have a really beautiful meal. When you go out and look at the menu, is there anything that you, you know, as Dan would avoid completely and definitely not, uh, you know, take or eat? You know, that's um that's something I commonly I, I I talk about this a lot and this is a, one of my big values in, in how I I perform life. I think it's so important that first off, the concept of being healthy is about balance and it's a lot of the fact that if you, you stress a lot of time about eating right so much, you actually obviously create the relationship with cortisol, with insulin and all those kind of things that uh, you know, offset a lot of the internal states of um optimal functioning. So when I go out to dinner, most I am very clean. I must admit, I'm very clean. I do talk the way I, I do walk the way I talk. But if I'm sometimes going out to dinner and I see a menu, I don't generally base um, what I'm having about restrictions. So, for example, last time I went out to dinner to a really nice place and I had six potato chips in the menu. So naturally, I'm still keen on having that. Um, but you know, if I'm going to a place, say a, a chocolateria, I will still go there once every you know, six weeks to have a have a treat because I just, and I don't think about it. The reason I go is it's not a reward, it's because I feel like it, but I'm clean so often of the time that the values of, 
you know, um, the endorphin release, the serotonin, all those positive things I'm going to get from enjoying this food far outweigh the maybe the nutritional detriments they occur to my internal state because I have them, first off, infrequently, but more importantly, uh, I, I know how to balance my life out to the point that it's important to still know when to indulge. So I'm not too, I'm not too restrictive on myself when I go out. Um, I'm, I'm still more so inclined to have the things that are healthier, but I, I, that's just by pure choice. I, I like the taste of those things. But still, still, same time, you've got to learn to cheat. It's really important. I have a big advocate for that. Great I like answer. that. Great answer. I like that, mate, because that sort of leads me to the next question. Because I noticed on your website, you you admitted to the fact that you're a bit of a sweet tooth, and uh, and so obviously sometimes you can uh, you know satisfy that sweet tooth with some of those sort of less uh, healthy, less paleo sort of foods, and and like the hot chocolates and those sort of things. But um, when you're when you're sort of in your more healthy zone, you know what are what are some of your favourite recipes? What are some of your favourite ways of satisfying that sweet tooth while still maintaining, I guess, a healthy balance? Yeah, good question. I have a um, I actually my latest book, Healthy Cook. I have a a, a cacao, coconut milk, um, hot chocolate essentially, and it's based around uh, coconut milk, almond milk, uh, raw cacao, um, and then depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm really clean, that's it. Uh, maybe with some spices, um, or if I'm going a little bit more indulgent, I have rice malt syrup. Now, rice malt syrup obviously doesn't have as much fructose effect compared to other sweeteners. But that's what I generally add. People add maple syrup sometimes, you know, the organic honey and things like that, which is cool. Yeah. But of that's dates, one alternative. Nice. Yeah, dates, exactly, exactly. And again, um, I had a I had a cover shoot like two weeks ago, so for six weeks I was pretty strict. Um, but as soon as that night hit, I, I had a I had a brownie that night when I went to do it with my little brother. So I, you know, it's all about balancing and, and not feeling like you have to be restricted because if, once you add restriction, you add stress, and we know what happens to your body when that happens. Yeah, great, cool, great, cool. It sounds to me that you've kind of got a bit of balance there and that it sounds more of a primal sort of approach. Would you say it's more primal than a paleo approach there, Dan? I, I, I guess so. I, I've definitely challenged myself in thinking about which way I'm more, more based around. Am I more invested in Mark Sisson or, you know, my Rob Wolf style? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm, I'm – I just call it Daniel Churchill way of life. Makes it easy. Oh, yeah, we've got a new one. We've got a new one. We've got paleo. We've got primal. We've had Atkins. Now we've got Churchill. It's all happening. There we go. <laughs> Why not, huh? Good job, mate. Well done. It's really good. Hey, um, so you've got a few. You're on the move at the moment. You've got a few things in the pipeline. You're uh, you're working on books, some shows, other bits and pieces, all kinds of stuff happening for you. What's your big grand plan? What do you want to do with the world of food? Man, I want to be the. I guess I'll. I'll I'm not. I don't care about the fame as such. People people get caught up in it. I don't. I'm. I think. I feel like I'm here as an educator. My biggest thing, the biggest value I get, is seeing someone. Uh, I guess they they came to me and said I've, I've changed their life. Um, and I used to get that feeling when I was a PT, and people say I lost weight, and and I thought that's why I love being a PT. But now I love the fact when I get it when people say they love the love the way they can still eat certain foods with my cooking. So. Yeah. I love getting up and speaking. I love speaking to an audience. I want to be uh, a messenger, an educator on healthy food long term. So you got your Jamie Oliver. Uh, I want to be, I guess, the healthy cook of the world. That's my dream. That's what I want to do. I want to be the messenger for that kind of that realm. Yeah. Dan, you know, you obviously have to travel a lot now. You know, speaking engagements everywhere. And uh, how how difficult is it for you to stay clean, you know, quote unquote clean, you know, in terms of exercise and, and food wise? And, you know, what are some of the routines that you have built into your travels 
plans so that it makes sure that you you know stay as clean as possible? Yeah, for me, it's not hard. I, uh, I first of all, I do do a bit of research ahead of time. So, for example, if I try, I'm traveling to obviously the US, I've got the places like the boxes that I'll be crossing at or the gyms I'll be staying at. Part of my contracts I've actually instilled are the places I stay have to have gyms. You know, so like I know that's me being. I guess this is my this is my <laughs> my diva side, but that's that's who I am. So that, that in terms of exercise. I've got that covered. When it comes to food, again, I research what a good place to eat at. Um, you know, I, I prefer to stay at places that have a kitchen that I can source my own food from. To where the local market. You know, if you're traveling, if you're traveling a few days at a time, it, it's a little bit harder, but you can still do it. It just takes a little bit of planning, so I do it because that's a massive part of my life. And, and it comes down to as well your body clock. So I still train the hours that my body clock would train at. And I only do it, though, if I'm not, you know, ridiculously tired. You'll find me doing push-ups on a plane, I must admit. It'll happen. <laughs> you know, you're walking down the aisles, you've got the food service coming, I have to scoot over. That's, that's how it works. That's but, uh, nice. you know, I, I just, it just you got to fit it in, and um, it's, it's all about balance. I love that. I love that commitment. I love that consistency. That's that's really how you get the results, isn't it? So, uh, Dan, we've spoken a bit, I guess, about your philosophy around exercise and your philosophy around food. What about the mindset side of things? I mean, you've spoken a little bit about you know how you uh, you know allow yourself some exceptions from time to time, but but what else do you sort of do in terms from a mindset perspective to keep you mentally on track? Because you're obviously pretty busy and getting a lot of stuff done. So, you know, how do you approach the mindset style, side of things? Your mind is the biggest. Is, your, is always going to be the biggest challenge, uh, whether it be um, the doubt you have in succeeding at something, uh, the ability to stay focused, the ability to stay on track. It is always going to be, I guess, the, the, the thing you challenge most. Uh, and so, that, therefore, you do have to allow time to either relax or, or harness it. With me, um, I, I work around, you know, I act, I eat, and I play. So, my exercise, my food, and then I play. So play can be anything that I love, like particularly, but to be honest, I love exercise. So that sometimes falls into categories. <laughs> but, you know, it could be anything from stand-up paddleboarding that, that just keeps me calm, you know, cooking, baking, um, just an additional thing that just relaxes me. Anything that relaxes your body and, and relaxes your mindset or takes you away from your place that uh, is going to affect your mental state is so important because... You know, at times when you get gutted down, you get stressed, or you feel as if you can't battle something uphill, you've got to you've got to control your state. So, I mean, here's a clear cut example of how my mind is. My older brother, uh, I remember two years ago, or three years ago, he was saying how no one in his team for soccer or football could do a a, a seven minute plank. So he did ten, and he was like, when after ten, he didn't think anyone could do eleven or twelve. So I went and did twenty, just purely because my brother said that he doesn't think anyone could do it. And it's just like, if someone tells me I can't do something, that's my mental state. You know, I would, I would, I would push anything <laughs> uphill to get around it. And I guess that's kind of why I, I, I'm doing what I'm doing today. That's why I've self-published a few books, just because I've got the mental state that I want to, if I have an act uh, and I want to perform on it, I've got to do it. And if that means relaxing sometimes to do it, then so be it. But if you have the mental state, if you have the drive to to do something, you will succeed in life. It's just that you got to, That is the most most important thing that you've got to really look after. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. We've got a couple of minutes to go, and that's all we're going to have, Dan. Unfortunately, because uh, we've got to let you go. You've got to go and conquer the world, of course. 
<laughs> I, I met you only this morning, um, and I was uh, eating some food, and I, I, I caught up with uh, Josh at Thrive. What's the uh, what's the whole idea behind the concept of Thrive? Well, we're going to interview Josh at some point, but what are you doing for Thrive? Look, Thrive is an unbelievable concept, and it's it's easy for me to jump on board and and uh, do it, you know, as the ambassador, purely because this is something I would have set up in five years' time. That has been me through it, so you know, it's it's such an easy relationship. But Thrive is uh, a superfood cafe that is all is gluten free and no added sugar, and concentrates on you know, moderating your proteins, uh, your smart carbs, and and obviously your quality flat fat. Sorry, um, and it's uh, an unbelievable having the awesome um, a feeling of walking up to a counter and not having to move things around to eat your dish. Rather, you just pick something, and you can have complete faith that not only is it going to make you look, feel, and perform better, but you are going to just enjoy it and don't have to worry about having to mix things around because it's literally. Being a bit of a paleo enthusiast, you, you do tend to go up to a, a menu and say, I can't have bread, so you take it out. And, and with this, you just go up there and have it. And on top of that, everything is delicious. So that, that, that's the best thing. Like, obviously, my number one rule is it's got to taste delicious. If it doesn't taste delicious, I don't want you having chicken and just just clean broccoli. That, that doesn't, no, it doesn't work for me. No, I get that. And uh, and the meal I had today was beautiful. Well, that's all we've got for today, unfortunately, Dan. So thanks so much, mate. Um, we've uh, we've had a ball. Now, obviously, if people want to learn more about you, they can uh, go to your website. That's uh, www.danielchurchill.com.au. For those of you who don't know how to spell Churchill, it's church and then ill at the end of it. Um, not church. <laughs> and hill it's church at hill.com.au and uh you can go there and you can check out your books you can check out videos you can sign up and get heaps of uh, free recipes there's a whole lot of information on that particular website so go there have a look at what dan's got to do and uh what he's got to say because there's some really good messages there and uh thanks very much dan for joining us guys it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for helping me share my message and you guys are doing an amazing thing so you know keep at it it's great Thank you very much. Make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. I'm sure you loved it. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a five-star rating, only five stars, because that's what Lawrence and Brett want, and uh, give us a comment. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show.